Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I am Matt. I'm Dory. We are coming to you live on a Sunday afternoon. We sure are. What is that song? Good on a Sunday afternoon. Grooving? Grooving. You know that song? Oh about? yeah. On a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. What is that song? I know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Cool. Great. <laughs> Welcome to Song Exploder. <laughs> uh, how's everyone doing today? Great. Okay. <laughs> I seem to be wait, waiting for um, uh, people to respond, respond. to us now. <laughs> it's probably because we have a son that doesn't talk to us, so we just sort of give a space for him to do nothing. And a dog. Uh, yeah, but Bo sort of. I think Bo is more responsive than Henry. Mm, perhaps. 
Uh, I'm looking up the song. Tell everyone about our week, honey. What happened yesterday? Um, what did happen yesterday? What did we do? What did I do? Oh, right. It's the Rascals, by the way. That song is actually called Grooving on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Um, so we have a front-loading washing machine. And when we bought it, the guy was like, make sure that you don't, like when you're done, don't close the door all the way or else you'll get mold. And we're like, okay. Cause there's a little like magnetic thing to make it not close all the way. We never did. No, like, we never <laughs> closed it all the, the way. The magnetic thing makes it close all the way actually. No, it doesn't. It yeah. leaves it open a little bit. Yeah. But the magnet draws the door back in. Believe me, I know. <laughs> They look like what you thought they would. Okay. Thank you, honey. Well, you know, I just wanted to be sure everyone knew what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, five years later, guess what? Our washing machine has... A lot of black mold in it. Actually, it's not black mold. It's like red mold. It was pretty black. Well, yeah. Anyway. And then the other night, we were putting, I was putting Henry's pajamas on, and there was black mold on his pajamas, and I freaked out. And I had already bought a new gasket. Yeah. And like figured Matt could just replace it because Matt loves to, you know, putter around the house and do work and like when look, he has time to putter around look the house. stuff up on YouTube, how to, how to do it. So, um, yeah. So then he did it yesterday. It took him nine hours. It took me so long. So long. I lost a spring. Actually, you know, what's funny is holding our, holding the outer ring or the inner ring gasket, the inner ring gasket, currently is a tremolo spring from a fender stratocaster there's a spring on the floor of the laundry shed that's the spring i couldn't use from the new one yeah guys let me tell you i i I, god i wish my thing was hooked up i really do because then i would (laughs) so dory's like i read online it takes five minutes Okay, well, let me, uh, do I really have to do this? Okay, let me just, um, let me just figure this out, see if I can do it. So I opened up this video, and I actually had Dory watch it, too, just so we could both be like, let's see how easy this is. Here's, here's, (laughs) I'm just going to play a little, little tiny clip, okay? I'll skip even the first two steps of unplug it. Ready? (laughs) Or a spring expansion tool. To help remove the clamp from the door boot seal. Okay, that's okay. I can do that. Sure. Also, I got the spring. Peel the boot seal off the lip of the front panel and move it out of the way. No problem. I can do that. That seems like a pretty reasonable thing. Press the tab to release the wire connector from the door latch. Hmm, Okay. (laughs) Next, open the pump filter cover and unclip the drainage tube. Huh? Okay, I guess I could do that. Remove the filter housing mounting screw and pull out the housing. Oh, okay. Well, that's already five steps. Let's see what else I have to do. With the housing out, remove the lower front panel mounting screw. 
<laughs> okay, that's pretty reasonable. I can probably do that. Remove the screws at the rear of the main top. How do I get to that? We are in a tiny shed. Now slide the main top back approximately one inch. This is when it started to get... Then lift up to remove. <laughs> a little intense. Warning, sharp. <laughs> Next, pull out the dispenser drawer, depress the locking tab, and remove the drawer from the control panel. Remove the front control panel mounting <laughs> screws. Which step... And the rear control panel mounting screws. Did you get screw. really, like, hung up on? Now, moving left to right, detach the control panel mounting tabs and move the panel out of the way. Next, remove the <laughs> upper front panel mounting screws. Uh, so heavy. many. The front panel <laughs> up and heavy. out. Use pliers to loosen the clamps <laughs> on the steam and circulation hoses. Well, I got hung up there because our model does not have those. Oh. And pull the hoses off of the seal ports. Loosen the clamp securing the boot seal's drain port to the drain tube and pull it off. Did it have that? Yeah. Are you going to make everyone watch this whole video? Use the flathead screwdriver or the spring expansion tool we have to the remove the tub tool. boot clamp. <laughs> we sure do. Boot seal <laughs> off of the outer tub. Just, we're not even at the part where we can install the new one yet. Hang on. Prepare the new door boot seal for installation by transferring the steam and circulation nozzle from the old seal to the new one. But we didn't have that, right? Correct. I got to skip that step. <laughs> then apply liquid dish soap to lubricate the seal's groove. <sighs> With the indicator on the seal pointing upward, push the boot seal's grooved edge over the lip of the tub and work your way around the entire tub opening. This is the step that probably took 900 hours for me. Anyway, we're 3 minutes and 28 seconds into this video. It has another 3 minutes and 28 <laughs> seconds. It takes 5 minutes. <laughs> so I spent all... I mean, essentially from 2 o'clock to 10.45 at night, 11 o'clock, something like that, I finally got it assembled. Now, losing the tool, losing the spring did set me back quite a bit. I was going to go to Home Depot, and then I was like, just oh, fuck it. And I just went into my drawer of guitar parts and pulled out a spring for a Stratocaster tremolo and used that. Meant to eat dinner, forgot. Because I was busy. Yep. I did pause for Henry's bedtime. I felt bad. And then I, you know, because I had to clean up, soap up, you know, because I was dealing with all the black mold without a mask. I thought it was red mold. Whatever it is. We're calling it, we're calling it black for now. Okay. Um, but I did it. And you, you did. washed some clothes today. And I cleaned out the filter, too, while I was in was there. Was it gross? It wasn't great. Didn't smell good. Yeah. Um, I had taken Henry to the park like before his that like five something and when I was coming back Matt was like don't go in the back there's black mold everywhere yeah because I had taken the filter out and was going to clean it out there and look all I'm saying is be sure to prepare yourself 
for the immensely annoying task <laughs> of replacing this gasket that your wife keeps asking you about throughout the week. You got to remember to do that. I think she was like expecting me to like do it after work one night in like no minutes. I didn't think it would take so long. But I'm sorry. Then I showed you the video and then you still insisted I do it. Well, by that point. That was my way of being like, let's see how complicated this thing is. Maybe it's worth having someone come over and do it. Well, I asked if. It... Well, look, I can do this now in a 16th of the time now that I know how to do it. Well, does anyone else out there need their gasket replaced? You let me know. I'll swing by. <laughs> if you're going to do it yourself, I recommend getting the spring removal tool. Spring expansion tool. Whatever. It's $50, but it's worth it. <laughs> How much would it cost to have had someone come out and do that? $50 probably. Look, but now you have a spring expansion tool. Thank God. Now you can start your washing machine repair business. Finally, along with my mechanic shop, my auto body shop, my bike shop, and my guitar shop. And your photo studio. Don't forget my photo studio. <sighs> anyway, that was quite an ordeal. It was quite an ordeal. I'm sorry. And, you know, we spent the whole day talking about how Dory needs to get some work done and what can I do to help her out. And she's like, the only thing I need you to do is fix the washing machine and then I'm gone for eight hours. To the point where she comes out about an hour and a half after I'd been in the house and goes, hello? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah? <laughs> Poking my head out from the dishwash, the washing machine. She's like, I thought you left. I was like, No. <laughs> I said, I better actually just do this. I can't leave. Oh, God. Anyway, how was your night? It was fine. I did some work. Yeah. I, got, I got this podcast ready. Yeah, you did. I did some Forever 35 work. Nice. Um, nah, that, that, that was kind of it. I didn't really do anything. Well, you did let me go to Guitar Center yesterday, which I thought was I very nice did. of you. I did. And it right. took you quite some time. Well, I, oh, you know, I'm very clear with you about how long it takes when I'm trading stuff in. Mm, you are, but even you said, I'm sorry I'm taking so long. Well, I just wanted you to know that I... It was like the guy who buys was like at a guitar show, so like they were waiting for a text back on like how much they could give me. Aye. Anyway, guys, I want you to know that I got rid of... How many guitars did I get rid of this week? I don't know, like five, maybe, maybe more. And uh, I traded every, I traded some stuff in, you know, put away a little bit. And uh, guys, who play guitar? Listen to this. I have a nineteen sixty-six factory left-handed Gibson ES three fifty-five that I got. For what I would call a steal, because someone bought it at Guitar Center thinking it was a 335. Ha ha! Score me. Anyway. <laughs> and the saddest part was I didn't have a chance to play it yesterday because I spent my day in a, in a, in a washing machine. <laughs> Almost literally in a washing machine. Yeah, true. Let me tell you, the gasket seal. Putting the gasket boot seal on this part right here. This guy's currently on. He makes it look so easy. He's full of shit. <laughs> Takes 900 hours. <laughs> and don't lose that spring. If you're out there and you're in a... And also, by the way, 
I think the you know I had a mustache for one day, and all of a sudden I'm 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 I'm, I'm elbow deep in You're a in a repair. Luigi. <laughs> I've turned into some sort of plumbing. My Italian and Cuban heritage has fully come into play here. With this mustache, I can fix it. I fix anything. Oh boy. Hi. Meanwhile, how's your best fiends going? Oh, I finally beat that level. Oh, good. Thank God. (laughs) Although I think when you've been trying a level for a really long time... It sort of just lets you go. Yeah, they make it easier. It's like when you do the... um, I was just going to reference the Spider-Man PS4 game and no one cares. Anyway. They're like, okay, she's done it 1,000 times. We better let it Eventually, <laughs> in the Spider-Man thing, they'll give you an option to just skip it. Oh, no. You don't get to skip it, but you're suddenly like, huh, they've never had this many like of this color on this thing before. You know what I mean? And maybe then, it's all luck of the draw. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Maybe. I, uh, I completed a quest. I got a hypersonic Edward. It's <laughs> amazing. He's a mosquito. Uh well, that's cool. Yep. He's I made one, it, I made he it one to of your new, best fiends? Uh, yeah. I mean, he can be. I can use him if I want to. If I need to get a lot of raindrops, I can use yeah, him. Yeah, of course. Um, I made it to a new world. Yeah. forgot the name of it. But, yeah, you know. That's it. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I'm pretty cool. I played some poker this week. Got to see all the old gang. Yep. Well, some of the old gang and some of the new gang. Yep. Um slept terribly all week mostly my fault because i went to bed super late but um what i like about the sleep number bed is that uh, when i go hmm, i really should have gone to bed earlier i can open up the app and confirm that i should have gone to bed a lot earlier <laughs> it's like matt you should have gone to bed earlier three hours and 14 minutes of restful sleep mm. way to go dum dum <laughs> the app doesn't say that no it part. doesn't um but Henry's good. Who cares about him? Oh, this wow. is about us. Wow, wow. Henry's fine. He seems to be a baby. We prepped him so well for daylight savings that he's now an hour ahead, <laughs> even though we set the clocks back. It was like, what do you mean he's an hour ahead? Like his his naps all day have been running late. As though we were still prepping him for daylight savings. For daylight savings to end. Well, you know, put him to bed later tonight. That's fine. Yeah, I'm thinking I might want to move his bedtime to seven. Go ahead. Because I feel like that also gives you it's more like of a chance to get home. It's like either I get home or I don't. You know, the morning, regardless of if I'm starting at seven or not, I'm not going to see him. I know. And our whole thing was, you know, 6.30, 6.30 so that you could see him. But then that actually turned out to be fake. Fake news. <laughs> yeah, well... Because I don't, I leave it like six. Right. Um, but, you know, he seems, you know, he's, he, he seems just to enjoy his time with dad occasionally. He loves his time with dad. He's getting really good at banging on a guitar. He loves a guitar. He loves banging on a guitar. And he likes strums. Mm-hmm. Well, he, yeah. I mean, he knows how to make the sounds. Yeah. I mean, he's not like great yet, but... Maybe when he's seven months it's old. It's pretty good for a six month old. <laughs> um, yeah, you want to know part. He, like, he didn't seem to be as into the mandolin as I thought he would be. 
Maybe it's too small. <laughs> Maybe. It's pretty big. Well, you know, I think those big acoustic guitars, they're really like drums, you yeah. know? They have a nice, nice thump. Yeah. The only problem them. is like, I don't have a acoustic guitar that I, that is like, I don't, <laughs> I don't particularly have replaceable acoustic guitars. Why don't you get like a hundred dollar acoustic guitar that Henry can just like wail on? I know that you just said, why don't I buy a guitar? And I'm still not into it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm like thinking about it. Like, which one? Because like, you know, I have a couple guitars from the 30s that I don't particularly think he should be banging around on. Yeah, probably not. I've got, you know, some guitars that they only made one lefty again he shouldn't be banging around on it i thought he'd be into the mandolin he didn't seem to care for it i mean maybe he has good taste then who really likes a mandolin wow yeah the international brotherhood of mandoliners are sorry everybody who reads the fretboard journal are they into mandolin of course there are frets on a mandolin honey Folk music, you know. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, what? I did something to my shoulder. She has a baby shoulder. Oh, no one right? doesn't like the mandolin. <laughs> oh. There it is. It's also not that hard to play a mandolin. Oh, actually, it is super harsh. So I don't like how it's tuned. Anyway, that was Mandolin Break, Mandolin Minute with Matt. Uh, That's why Henry doesn't like it. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Oh, boy. But he loves doing this. Yeah. That's exactly what he loves. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, you know. Doria's baby shoulder. She can't pick up a baby anymore. Well, I can. I just can't really lean over. <laughs> sort of a thing you need to do to pick up a baby. Well, if I start on his level, I can kind of pick him up. We also took him to a restaurant today. We went to a restaurant this morning, and he sat in a high chair. For the first time. And he seemed to be pretty okay with it. Yeah, he he did seem pretty okay with it. Like, right at the level that he could just try to eat the table. Yeah, he was like, oh, this is something I can eat. He yum, loves yum. eating things. Well, he likes putting things in his mouth. Although he did not care for the eggs. No, he was like, he, he had this like... And I was kind of like... I get you, buddy. <laughs> um, he ate. He ate from a bottle. Mm-hmm. He did. He had a bottle. We had. I mean, look. It's nice to take a baby out and put a baby in a chair and to sort of be able to eat. <laughs> yeah. It's like I think as a as a as a as a parent, you know, you know, you're not, or as a non-parent, you're not really fully prepared for what it's like to have a baby. Um, at a, you know, you just can't, you can't eat. Yeah. You got to constantly be monitoring the baby. Mm-hmm. That's sort of my thing. That's my, 
That's my baby minute. Matt's baby corner. Um, he, I mean, he was pretty happy camper though. Yes, he wasn't upset or anything. Oh, we did. We did dress up for Halloween. I went as Quint. He went as a shark, and then he changed into a mouse. And I changed into later in the movie Quint. <laughs> and I did not dress up, and neither did Bo. But you know, we did it. We got it done. Yeah, it was very cute, guys. Now they want me to know what to do. Uh, what a washer seal and bearings need to come out of a washing well, machine. Well, you better learn that for your new business someday. <laughs> someday, guys, I'll, I'll I'll swing on over and fix your washing machine for you. All right, uh, we better actually take a short break and BRB. Okay. LOL, JK, not JK. We'll BRB. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but, like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a... Just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything, because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know those, like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. 
Head over to bombus.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back. We're B. Didn't take long. No. Nope. I recorded all the ads while Dory was frantically typing. Yep. Some sort of hot goss with Kate Spencer. Hi, Kate. What was the I don't goss? Think she listens anymore. No, why would she? Uh, it was just, it was a dumb thing that I just, it was dumb. I love it. It was dumb. We got um, some hot family goss over here, everybody. Apparently, we're going to some sort of club met. Yep. <laughs> it's my parents. Your parents want an all-inclusive well, trip. it's my mom's 70th birthday uh-huh. and my dad's 75th birthday. Okay. So they wanted to do a family trip to celebrate both of their milestone birthdays. <laughs> Tenuous at best. It took two days of more frantic texting among my siblings and I to land on dates that worked for everyone. Yeah. And then we came up with some dates in July that seemed to work. And then my parents were like, oh, we have a wedding. <laughs> so we couldn't do that. So then uh-huh. we're like, all right, back to the drawing board. Okay. How about this? Isn't the wedding also in Florida? Different wedding. Oh, God. So then we were like, all right, how about May? And we like propose these dates in May. And my dad just responds, we want to keep all of May and June open. What? This was after like two days of us being like, well, I can only go this day and this day. And like, it was like insane. Like the, it was like an LSAT problem. Well, you're coordinating three families of people that all three families are dual working households. Well, and four, four families essentially with my parents. I don't count your parents as families. Okay. I count them as your father putters around the house when he's not at the gym. He watches CNBC. Yes. And then your mother teaches. Mm-hmm. which theoretically, you know, in May, by the end of May, she's, she's going to be off for Which summer. is why we were like, hey, May, great, perfect. And my dad swoops but in. But your dad wanted to keep it open. Correct, <laughs> which is classic, my dad. But for what? Exactly. No one knows. He just said that they wanted to keep May and June open. At that point, I kind of lost it. Yeah. And I said, hey, guys, just so you know what, Karen and Michael and I have been going through for the last couple of days. Here's what we're working with. And I laid out every family's like yeah, date obligation. requirements and obligations. And I was like, so essentially all of June, July and August are out. So if we don't go in late May, I don't think this trip is going to happen. Uh huh. And then they both responded. Oh, okay. Late May is fine. Interesting. <laughs> but we don't have any obligations. Well, you go back to work. Yeah. But in like, Hopefully, like August. Right. So August is out. Yeah, but like, how did the how did these how do your how do your siblings have June and July gone? Like, I believe you did the due diligence. I'm not going to question it. it. It was well. They we had we had a week in July, and then my parents vetoed it. Oh, because of the wedding. Right. Gotcha. So, but they want to keep June. But open. they want to keep May and June open. So I was like, well, guys, <laughs> we don't really have any options here. <laughs> this is a classic. Shafrir family conundrum. I mean, talk about a first world problem. I realize, but it was it was. Well, I mean, it's like very you know, it's like we always go on this trip. No, this we have never a, been on a big family this is vacation. A literal first. So. Yes. Well, and then my and then my mom wanted an all inclusive. She didn't want to just rent a house somewhere because she didn't want to have to worry about this what people were eating. This is crazy, by the way. She wanted to worry about meals. 
Well, that's you don't have to go to an all-inclusive. Okay. This, anyway, whatever. Long it's her story. birthday. This is what she this wanted. This is hilarious to me. So now we're limited to all-inclusive resorts. So someone, someone in her exercise class goes with her family to the Club Med in... Uh, Cancun every year and didn't that look nice so we look look at it didn't that look nice looks great we're like great done by the way I've said this to my wife many times before it's like I'm not I don't go to Mexico so we're like great nothing again I love Mexico Club Med Cancun the James Taylor song in May I just spend so much time reading about American tourists vanishing that I'm like oh and then I say to Matt okay the dates are now these dates in May and we're going to go to the Club Med in Cancun. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't go to Mexico. So then I had to text my siblings and be like, uh, so Matt has a Mexico phobia. So we can't go to Mexico. It's not a phobia. It's it like, is a phobia. I live so close to Mexico. Is it really a vacation? Okay. So now we're going to Florida. Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds always playing Mexico. I'm like, mm, guys, I'll skip it. Anyway. Don't fret. We all solve the problem. We have dates. We have a location. I just think this is very... You know how many all-inclusive resorts I could list off? One, probably. (laughs) Sandals in Jamaica. (laughs) Um, Jamaica sounds fun. Jamaican me crazy. Oh. I'd go to Jamaica. Honey. That's where the new James Bond movie is. Uh, We could have rented a place. We could have rented Goldeneye. We could have stayed at My Ian, mom didn't want to rent a house. Ian Fleming. She didn't house. want to rent a house. Um Yeah. This feels very much like Thanksgiving 2019. When for three years I wanted to go to Las Here Vegas. Here we go again. Here we go, everyone. Dory's least favorite thing for me to ever bring up. <sighs> it was finally our turn to have the family out to us for Thanksgiving. Matt will not let this go. Well, it hasn't even happened yet, which is hilarious to me. He won't let it go. He's been talking about this for But I just want to put it to the room (laughs) for a vote here. Your father didn't want to go rent a house in Las Vegas because why? Because if he was going to Las Vegas, he wanted to stay on the Strip. But really, what was his thing? He needed a gym. He needed a gym. Yeah. So we found a house in Vegas that had a gym in it, like a giant Airbnb house with split between the five of us, five families. It's not, no, it was not very reasonable. Yeah. So he didn't want that because if he was going to stay there, he wanted to do that. So, um, then I forget who, what else happened? Something else, whatever happened, (laughs) it ended up being that since they didn't want to, since, Abishai didn't want to stay in a house in Las Vegas and not on the Strip. Everybody is now renting a house about a half mile from our house. So they've decided that Los Angeles at Thanksgiving would be more fun for nobody. So they'd all come out here. They refuse to stay in a house together he will not in let Las this Vegas. Go. Matt will not let this but go. But then everybody got mind tricked into going, oh, we'll just stay in a house in LA. That'll be fun. And then I say, what is the difference between renting a house here where you have nothing to do or renting a house in Las Vegas? And then Dory's father says, you're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I kind uh, of went a little cuckoo. Cuckoo bananas. Anyway. Anyway. Long story short, <sighs> we've agreed on an all-inclusive. Yep. <laughs> That's not in Mexico. Look out, Florida. The Shafrir Myra Vladic Lux are coming. Well, we rolled deep. Yep. Oh, we should get t-shirts made. That say DTF, Dylan Teaches Finance. <laughs> Hey, if you want twenty percent off your first month of Dylan Teaches Finance, sure. He could use the uh, he could use the clients. He's, he's about to have dad, a baby, so he's gonna have to cover that. Yep. And uh, he knows how to save. I mean, he does teach finance, but yep. throw him a bone. I think that the uh, he's missing out on a huge marketing opportunity with these DTF T-shirts. That's not his vibe. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes it funny. If it was his vibe, it would be horrible. What is, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what if that was his If one? he looked like he fell out of the Vanderpump restaurant. <laughs> I was thinking more like the situation. Yeah, sure. The same. They're the same people to yes. me. Then it would be gross. But because he's that's not his vibe, a DTF and then in tiny letters, Dylan Teaches Finance <laughs> on the back is very funny. All right. What's happening out there? So, you know, every so often I'm like, we're still doing this podcast. Does anyone care? Like, true. We're just, you know, we just ramble about ourselves and, and, you know. Oh, is this a thing you're happening? You're, you're having an existential crisis about this us right is, now? This is an intro to the email and the voicemail I'm about to oh. read and play. Okay. And then sometimes I get emails like this and I'm like, okay, I guess we can keep going. Uh, so this is from Melissa. She says, hi, Dorian Matt. Just wanted to drop you a note to tell you how much a possibly tiny kernel of information Dory dropped on the podcast last week meant to me. My breastfeeding experience with my seven-month-old daughter has not been an easy one. Supplemented with formula since she was four days old due to weight loss, we've battled correcting a tongue and lip tie, seven weeks of speech therapy to correct muscular weakness and painful suck issues, over six lactation consultant visits, three different breast pumps, exclusively pumping, then exclusively breastfeeding until she's losing weight again, etc. I tried it all to boost my supply. The teas, the supplements, staying hydrated, power pumping. Finally, about four months in, we got to a wonderful place of blissful breastfeeding, still supplemented with formula, and I felt like it had all been worth it. Fast forward to about two weeks ago, my baby has become a distracted, squealing gymnast. She's crawling, pulling to standing, has two teeth coming in, babbling, and says two words. She seems disinterested in nursing unless she's upset or very, very tired. She would rather crawl all over me, stand up, or pull up my hair or clothing. I found myself having to pump again multiple times a day to empty my breasts on top of formula supplementing for every feed, plus preparing and sitting down with her for two to three meals a day. I'd really felt societal pressure to make it to one full year of breastfeeding, and for some reason, quitting didn't seem like an option I could consider until I heard Monday's podcast. I won't assume, Dory, that your decision to cease breastfeeding <clears throat> in the next month or so came easily. It's apparent that you've put in quite a bit of effort into the process, especially with the dedication to pumping round the clock. But perhaps you know the limits of your own body or how your relationship with your son will still thrive, regardless of how he's fed. And something about how you confidently stated that information resonated with me. 
I actually backed up the podcast and listened to you say it about four times. It sounds ridiculous, but it gave me the permission I didn't need but wanted to make that same decision for myself. I'm sad to give it up, but I can see clearly now that I'm going a little mad over trying to force my daughter to breastfeed. I'm actually looking forward to having a less intense relationship regarding her feeding and instead plan to enjoy our explorations with real food in addition to the formula. So thank you for the unintentional pep talk that I didn't know I was craving. I also wanted to thank both of you for continuing the podcast. I've been with you since the early days, and we've had so many parallels, similar number of IVF cycles, retrievals, failed transfers. I'll be 41 next month, and my daughter is about a month older than Henry. I can relate on so many levels, especially especially since I didn't have anyone in real life who understood what I was going through. I appreciate the invitation into your lives, and it's helped my husband and me be more open about infertility and IVF with our friends, family, and colleagues. Enjoy every moment with that beautiful baby boy and give Bo some scratches for me. Thanks, Melissa. She's in 1,700 square feet in the western suburbs of Chicago with two adults, one science baby, and one 75-pound dog. Wow, we are the same. Uh, And she's in a 1920s house, so she feels our pain with the lack of closets and storage. But she's got like, you know, 400, 500 more square feet than us. Yeah, it's true. So, and they have that casino right by the airport. You want to move to Chicago? Yeah. All right. Um, Uh. Melissa, but, uh, that uh, that email just made me feel good. I'm glad that 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 email made you feel good. Where are you on your breastfeeding disruptions? Well, I've successfully cut out one pump, mm-hmm. and I think in the next week I'm gonna I'm gonna try and cut out one more pump. I'm really trying to do this gradually because my boobs get so mad about waiting too long that like I just want to. I just, you know, they get clogged so easily. Well, you also like, you're just, I, all of a sudden, I'll be like, la di da di da. I'm leaking. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they leak. It's like a whole thing. So I'm trying to just like minimize the literal pain that I'm in. That and, sounds and do it gradually. Reasonable. Yeah. Also, like some people get really. Like their hormones go crazy after they um, stop breastfeeding, so that could happen. Well, I hope that your hormones don't go crazy after breastfeeding, or if they do go crazy, they just make you crazy about Vegas trips. You can't oh. wait to go. Okay, I'm gonna play a, a voicemail. Hey, Matt and Dory. Rob from New York here. Just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying your podcast. Only on episode 105 right now. See so you guys just oh, he's got way pregnant back. recently. Oh. And I've had it ruined for me already by looking at more um, the titles of previous episodes. But, um, yeah, your, your podcast has been super helpful for both my wife and I. We suffered from two miscarriages, three failed IUIs, and we're in the middle of our first round of IVF right now. Um, gave her her final shots yesterday night, and tomorrow's our retrieval. So nice. a little nervous about that, but fingers crossed that things go well. Um, hope all is well. Just wanted to say that you guys have been a real uh, mind saver, I guess, insanity saver for um, me particularly. As, as a guy, it's harder to talk to other guys about this stuff, Um you know, I have, I have one friend that's kind of going through it and 
other acquaintances, you can call them, who haven't, um, you know, who have had suffered miscarriage, et cetera. But um, I think the the male perspective is sometimes, uh, in a way, tough to do, tough to to work through, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thanks for all that you do, and I'm glad that you guys are still going strong. Uh, have a good one. Bye. People are still finding us. Yeah. Uh, this also made me feel good. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we're somewhat helpful, and I'm sorry that our episode description spoiled it for you. <laughs> but best of luck on your uh, yeah transfer yeah or retrieval retrieval retrieval. Um. Okay. This next email blew my mind. I don't. That sounds like what you were gonna say. Might be one of. My favorite emails we've ever received. Oh, is it a certain realty agent in the Massachusetts area that told us she was going to stop listening? Matt, it is not. Oh, okay. It is from Hannah. Uh-huh. Who is in Australia. Uh-huh. And she writes. Is she an instant hotel fan? She doesn't say. What, Hannah? She says, I hesitate to bring up the debate over electing to have a C-section in order to avoid the possibility of having an emergency C-section oh, after gosh. prolonged labor, since it's a sensitive topic and is largely a moot point since Dory already had Henry. Congratulations. But your recent rehashing of the debate on episode 251 made me think that I can shed some light on this disagreement in a way that could help you move past this issue. All right. This you better ready? end with Thanksgiving in Nevada. I'm a philosophy professor. Yes. And I teach classes on critical thinking, including decision theory. Yeah. Thinking about whether to have an elective C-section or attempt vaginal delivery in a decision theoretic framework will be useful in clarifying your disagreement. You both seem to agree about the rank ordering of the possible outcomes. Vaginal delivery is the most preferable, preferable outcome. And an emergency C-section after prolonged labor is the least preferred outcome, while an elective C-section is somewhere in the middle. I'm limiting the range of outcomes here for the sake of brevity. Sure. However... I think you disagree about the comparative value of the outcomes. Mm -hmm. Specifically, Matt, I think your view that an elective C-section is preferable because it eliminates the possibility of having a C-section after prolonged labor is an instance of the certainty effect, which is a tendency to overvalue the certainty of avoiding bad outcomes. Yeah, well, That does feel like a you thing. I do like to avoid the yeah. certainty of bad outcomes by accepting terrible outcomes. <laughs> that aren't as bad as the bad outcome. Of course, you're right that electing to have a C-section does eliminate the possibility of the worst outcome, having a C-section after prolonged labor. And it is the only way to eliminate that. Continue. But this doesn't entail that this is the best choice. Correct. It depends on how likely it is that the worst outcome will occur if you make the alternate choice and what the comparative values of the outcomes are. Doing a very quick Google, it seems like the probability of requiring an emergency C-section after attempting vaginal delivery is about 15%. That means that even if <laughs> not an, for my wife, that is even if an emergency C-section is much much worse than both a vaginal delivery and elective C-section, it could still be rational to attempt a vaginal delivery if a vaginal delivery is much much better than an elective C-section. I suspect that Dory values having a vaginal delivery much more than having an elective C-section, whereas Matt ranks them closer together, perhaps due in part to overvaluing the certainty of avoiding the worst outcome. While this doesn't resolve the disagreement, I hope it clarifies what the disagreement is about. The disagreement isn't about what is the best outcome or worst outcome. Rather, it's about how much better the best outcome is than the worst outcome. And Matt, you'll need to make a case for why an elective C-section is the rational choice beyond relying on the fact that it eliminates the possibility of the worst outcome. 
This in and of um, itself does not also preferred it. make no she did not. <laughs> yes, she did. Does not make opting for an elective C section rational. Hope this is helpful and not annoying. Best Hannah. She's in fifty five square meters, which she says is about six hundred square feet. Terrace house in Sydney, Australia, with one husband and his bike collection. Mm, I like bikes. For anyone who watches The Good Place, did you not think of Simone as I was reading this email? Um, Hannah, thank you so much for this. It did clarify what the disagreement was about for me. Yes, me too. I'm way more logical than my wife. And that No, you are just much you are just much more focused on avoiding the worst outcome. Uh also I enjoy certainty. Yes. I like to yeah, you do. know what is happening. Which is weird because is you're a gambler. That's what, maybe why I like gambling so much, oh. because I avoid certainty. Now we're getting somewhere. And in the rest of my life, I have, you know, I try to have so much of it. It's also why I like to be prepared mm. for everything. We need to update our emergency kit for Henry. What? Our emergency kit is not... It's not Henry ready. Yes, it is. He's got water. He has water and formula. And boobs that make milk for now. For now. Um, okay, this... Look, I'm just saying that I'm right. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do not like to... I don't like, you know... It's like stopping for gas versus not stopping for gas. I think my car could probably get there if I don't stop for gas. But if I just stop for gas now, I know I will avoid having to stop for gas later. It's not quite the same thing. Similar, but not quite the same, yes. But part of why I like to do things like that is to be... It's also like why I like to have, you know, why I have a real problem. uh, Instead of paying down our debt, I just like to keep money in my checking account. Same thing. I need to be prepared for the debt. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> this is where the logic pay. breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> prepared to pay off these IVF credit cards, etc. Without paying them off. <laughs> Look. <laughs> so I pay them off, I won't have money to pay them off. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, this next email is from Ashley. And she says, I can speak for myself and say I've had both a planned C-section with my son and a scheduled C-section as a surrogate recommended by my doctor due to my previous C-section. And both times I shook like crazy. Mm. It's just the way my body reacted to the anesthesia. This has also happened to me every single time I come out of general anesthesia and happens frequently if I have to have numbing medication injected for dental procedures. It's just the way my body reacts to the meds. Just wanted to provide that info because as anecdotal evidence, I've heard a lot of other C-section moms say the same thing has happened to them, regardless of planned or unplanned. It unfortunately is a very common side effect of the meds that are given regardless of the situation in which you find yourself having a C-section. That is from Ashley in Fresno in 1,220 square feet. Do you think that it's possible that the C-section was more traumatic for me than you? Yes. I think it was. I do. So... That's why I wanted to plan it. What? <laughs> no, right. I do think it was more dramatic for me. Because I was aware of it all. Yeah, you saw everything you were aware that was of going nothing. down. Mm. Well, I was aware of something. Yeah, but I was aware of it all. Yeah. And uh, 
don't uh don't don't care for it. I would probably feel the same way if I saw you sliced open and shaking. Well, the sliced open part I didn't bother me. It was just that you were so uh out of it. Not out of it, but like you seemed so helpless and I couldn't do anything. Mm. Didn't care for that. But, you know, that's why I don't like to pay off debt. Uh, we'll be right <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we're back. Home stretch, everybody. Um, all right. I am going to play... Kelsey left us two two voicemails. I like that this episode, um, we're like, <laughs> I got a really cool old guitar. We're going on an all-expense-paid trip. I don't like to pay off debt. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny to me. Um, it's not an all-expenses-paid trip. We're paying you know our what expenses. Meant. Whatever the all hell inclusive. that meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. But it is all expenses when you're there. There are none because you've paid them. Correct. Um, all right. Kelsey left us two voicemails that are long, but I thought very informative. So I do want to play them both. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. It's Kelsey calling from Portland. And I have been a listener from the very beginning. Just think you guys are the greatest and so happy that Henry has arrived. Um, I wanted to call to in to discuss um, a new documentary about surrogacy called Made in Boise that premiered this week. And um, the whole premise is that Boise, Idaho is becoming somewhat of an epicenter for gestational surrogacy hmm. because it's more affordable to do it there and um, their state laws are somewhat friendly to surrogacy. Um, I was particularly interested in this documentary because I am what you call an intended parent and have done surrogacy in the state of Idaho and Boise once before, and I have a three-year-old daughter now, and I'm doing it again in the state of Idaho um, in Boise. So in a weird way, I'm uniquely positioned <laughs> to review the documentary um, because I've been through nearly this exact process. Um, the fertility clinic that's featured is my same fertility clinic. In fact, even one of the OBs is my current OB with our carrier. So um, it was crazy watching it. Uh, overall, I thought it was good, um, and hopefully it will help to break down some of the stigmas that might still surround surrogacy. Um, it follows four carriers, um, one of which owns a surrogacy agency in Boise, and really just discusses why Boise is this new hotspot for surrogacy. Um, I guess I'd suggest that anyone considering gestational surrogacy watch it, whether you're interested in pursuing it or like to possibly grow your family or if you're maybe interested in being a carrier. Um, I think the filmmakers did a beautiful job and that the tone was on point, 
But I have to say, as someone who's experienced surrogacy in this very specific area of the country um, firsthand, there were some aspects that were really different than what I have experienced. And um, it was like almost like an out-of-body experience watching it in that. So I just thought it might be helpful to address those in case you have any listeners that might be seriously considering surrogacy. Um, first of all, is cost. Like I feel like the number one thing that people want to ask me about knowing that we've done surrogacy is how much it costs. And obviously the costs sound astronomical and they are astronomical, but the cost of our surrogate pregnancies has been substantially more affordable than what was claimed in this documentary and the numbers that get thrown around. I feel like everybody says you can't do it for under $100,000. And in this specifically in this documentary, this um, surrogacy agency owner says that it costs about 120000 to do it. That's where it got cut off. Pivotal moment. I know. Here we go. So it's cheaper than it's IVF. Again. I'm sorry. I'm long-winded. Okay. So I think she claimed in the film that it costs up $120,000 to do it in Idaho. And this is just so much higher than what we have experienced doing it there. Um, and I feel a little frustrated in that, in that I, I feel like many families who are trying to, or people who are trying to grow their families immediately exclude surrogacy because they think it's out of reach financially. And don't get me wrong. It is so expensive that honestly, if you can't, have your own kids, it's going to be expensive to figure out how to grow your family, whether it's adoption or IVF or surrogacy. It's unfortunately just going to cost a lot of money. But I just, it has been so much more affordable for us. And I feel like more people need to know that it can be more affordable. So with that said, I don't want anyone to irresponsibly assume that it's not super expensive. But anyways, I just... For example, our first surrogate pregnancy, we, it was a best case scenario and that a family member offered to carry for us and didn't want any sort of compensation, which we were so grateful for. But we still paid for two egg retrievals, two transfers, meds, legal fees, paid for all of her medical expenses. Um, but in that situation, we were still like well under 50K. And I share the number because I feel like no one was ever sharing these numbers when we were trying to plan for this. And if you have listeners out there who are considering it, I'm telling you, it can be done. Um, I will tell you that the biggest way to save, I think, is not using an agency. And I realize that that may be um, something others would disagree with. Um, we relied heavily on our reproductive attorney and um, for, you know, to protect us, the carrier, the baby. And that worked out well for us. Um, and we were able to save about $15,000 on an agency fee that way. Wow. Um, this time, we are using a carrier who is a family friend. And from the get-go, we plan to compensate her. And she is wonderful. We love her. Um, we're still not using an agency. So we're saving there. And we had an existing embryo fee, so we didn't have to pay um, for those initial IVF costs this time around. And I really think that it... You know, will be somewhere between 60 and 75. So once again, I share the numbers because I, I feel like everyone automatically assumes that service is over six figures. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way coming from someone who has done it twice now. So, um, anyways, that's just the one hang up I had where it's like everyone's trying to get a blanket statement of, of astronomically high number. And I think when you really crunch the numbers, it's worth doing because you may find that it's more affordable than you think. Um, all right, you guys are the best. Kelsey, 
lobbies. My husband. I have I have two kids, and I live in twenty eight hundred square feet in Portland. <laughs> Grateful for every. Oh wow, twenty eight hundred square feet in Portland. Yeah, we were just looking at Portland. Yeah. Just You're like, where we're else like, could we live? What else could we, where could we go? Um, Kelsey is also, she's she's been sort of documenting the whole surrogacy journey on her Instagram, which is Kelsey Nixon. That is... Um, I met her IRL. She came to a, a reading I did in Portland. Nice. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, the agency. I don't know. It's a lot. It is. It must be, right? I mean, it's a lot financially and then it's just like a lot you know yeah especially when you have to get all these like legal ducks in a row and then like yeah you you can't go like you don't pay medical through medical insurance right or do you like buy medical insurance yeah you have to like buy insurance for the surrogate yeah because it's not covered by regular health insurance and then we talked about this a, a bunch with mark and chris yeah but they did it in Massachusetts, and then in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, I think, yeah. So I'm curious about the Idaho side of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, switching gears here. We heard from several of you about eczema. Yes. Um, a few people pointed out, I'm not going to read all of these, but a few people pointed out that um, eczema is often closely related with food allergies and asthma, which um, our doctor mentioned as well. Um now, I had eczema. I did not have asthma or food allergies, so it's not like they all necessarily go hand in hand. Um, someone recommended a baby lotion called California Baby Super Sensitive Everyday Lotion. I really have to change the air conditioning filter in our house. Yes, you it do. It is like... It is disgusting. So much easier to do than a washing machine. Yeah, maybe you could do it tonight. I keep thinking about it every time I'm going to do something else, and I'm like, I'll just have to do it later. Someone else said, if you want to keep the nightly bath, um, they took Jasmine Guillory's advice from her Forever 35 interview and Mm. added some coconut oil to her bath. Um, There's no scientific studies to back this up, but... Guys, I don't listen to a lot of Forever 35, but I got a feeling there are a lot of scientific studies to back up a lot of what they're talking about on that show. (laughs) Right, guys? Hi, I'm Matt Myra. Husband of Dory Shapiro. <laughs> wow. You're fired. What? Already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, but just give me a chance to just redeem myself here. How are your bottles of crystal water working out? Do you feel energized? Mm, yes, do. you I do. feel like you're absorbing I did a study on myself. <laughs> um, Has anyone tried to come on and tell you how great pyramids are? Not the scams, but the actual shapes. Oh, Yes. Oh, dear. Um, okay. Thank you all for the eczema suggestions. Very much appreciate them. Matt and Dory's eczema adventure. That's what we should have called last week's episode. Wah, wah. Damn it. All right. Um, this next email is from Amy. She says, hey, guys, I felt you so hard during the last episode when you were talking about keeping baby items and living in a small space. We are constantly struggling with this 
as our two-bedroom apartment in Boston is slowly running out of space and our nine-month-old science daughter is growing out of so many things. I think the bigger question is if we are really done or will another baby maybe come our way and need these things? How much do you save for the possible sibling? And how much do you say we just don't need and let's part ways with? Our storage unit is quickly filling up with things like a play gym and rocker and we just don't have any more room. I don't have the answers other than buying a bigger house. We are also looking, but I do wish I knew if we are saving these things for any good reason or if our miracle baby is it. Sometimes it's worth the headache or rather worth worth eliminating the headache of things and, 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 and just getting rid of them. And then if, you know, it comes to it, oh no, we have to have a baby shower or register for another baby or... Fuck, we have to buy another car, uh, infant car seat. It's just, you know, when that problem happens, great problem further down the road, you know, minimum of nine months later from now. But in that time span, you have a nice, clean sort of living space. I would also say, like, now that you are a mom, you probably know a lot of other moms, and you probably know a lot more people to get hand-me-down stuff from now than you did before. Yeah. Also, like... Look, how'd we do on the piles? We talked about the piles last week, right? Yeah, we did. Had I really, had I done it yet? Yeah. Oh, good. You had. Sure had. Feels a little better in there. A little better. Not over the moon because there's a pile (laughs) that I want to get rid of. We got a lot to do. Dory has a box of labeled books. And you have a box and also. There are empty bookshelves. There are there's empty bookshelves that I bought specifically to okay. house these. I books. will as soon as my shoulder's better, I will deal with it. Oh, now it's a shoulder problem, everyone. Well, yeah, it kind of is. What a made up thing. Okay. Um, this next email is from Ashley Cicely, longtime oh, listener yeah. of the pod. Egg she head. said Hi, guys. I related so deeply to your most recent episode of the podcast. My own my overpurchasing has been an issue with my husband, an extremely minimal person. Through therapy, I've learned the impulse to buy online is the same as for when I feel I want to eat. About 75% of the time, it has little to do with satisfying an actual need. I have a hard time distinguishing actual hunger from boredom, stress, anxiety, anger, sadness, etc., the same goes with buying online. I can't tell if I need an item or if I'm feeling those uncomfortable feelings, boredom, stress, anxiety, anger, sadness, etc. There's a solution for this that, is, that does not work with food, abstinence. I set limits on myself and sometimes go a month without purchasing a non-consumable. I would argue that abstinence does work for food. The main tactic that has worked, though, is filling up my Amazon cart, but only purchasing items once per week. Usually by that time, I can cull the list to what I actually need and not what I wanted to get when I was bored. Oh, that's interesting. This disconnect between being able to cope with difficult emotions and my eating slash buying patterns was really eye-opening. I'm doing a no-buy November to reset before the holidays. Maybe y'all would like to join me. My no-buy November would have to start tomorrow. Okay. Because I've done a lot of... um, Online cable purchasing. Mm. But I saved money on a spring, everybody. Thanks to the one I confiscated from my guitar drawer. Good job. Interesting. Would you do a no-buy November? Sure. Oh, but Dylan told us to buy our Christmas presents in November. Interesting. Dylan, you're trying to teach us finance, (laughs) and you're going against Ashley Cicely. 
Hmm. What do you have to say for yourself, Dylan? I guess we could do no buy except for Christmas presents. That seems un- unreasonable. Yeah. No buy November. Interesting. That'd be funny. Here's what I'd like to do. What? This might help. I would like to not have a no buy November, but I'd like to have a transparent buy November. We're next week on the podcast. We have to tell everybody what we bought over the week. Okay. Oh, it's on. Non-consumables? Or you want to go through like, I eat this for lunch? Non-consumables. Okay. Fine. Great. It's on. Oh, yeah. When does it start? So we would start from today forward? From right now forward. From right now forward. Okay. Yeah. Done. Done. I'm going to dominate because I work so much. Okay. During the week. We'll see about that. And I only buy things sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> exactly um also someone recommended the toady app that's t-o-d-y um to help with house cleaning it lets you schedule the frequency that you need to perform a task like vacuum the house dust water the plants etc so they all get parceled out to you a few at a time without you having to think about it interesting yeah i think i'm gonna look into it um oh and this person also asked this is from anthony um, as he writes this, he and his wife are three days past her due date, and he's oh my goodness! He did a lot of projects around the house while she was pregnant, but now he feels like he's not doing enough. And what are your suggestions for things to do while you wait? I have books and games available, but I feel weird starting anything knowing that it may get interrupted at any moment. Video game? I don't know. Well, I, I had a I got a Nintendo Switch for that for that situation. I that was at the it. hospital, though. Yeah, I know. I wish I'd prepared earlier. Mm. And I didn't have to spend the time in the delivery room waiting, f- to fig- trying to figure out how to use a Nintendo Switch. Mm. You know, I wish I had already gotten over that learning curve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Nintendo Switch. Solves that problem. South Park fractured butthole. <laughs> um, they're in 2,700 square feet with two adults, two cats, and a 65-pound fluff ball of a dog. Wow. And one imminent newborn. Hope you're using pretty litter. (laughs) Um, Okay, Mordecai has weighed in. Finally. Since we sent out the rabbi signal in episode 248. And also wanted movie reviews from him every week. Well, he said he's very busy. (laughs) He has five children. I understand. All right, a little clarity on the Jewish calendar. The calendar is, in fact, a hybrid calendar. So while the Gregorian calendar is purely solar, based on the 365 days of the solar year, and the Muslim calendar is lunar, comprised of 12 full cycles of the moon, or about 354 days, the Jewish calendar has lunar months and solar years. Why? This is to keep the holidays in check with the seasons, so that Passover will more or less always be in the spring, etc., the Jewish calendar uses a system with leap months to keep things in track. We double the happiest month of the year, Adar, when we have Purim to keep things in check. So like every few years, there's an extra month in the Jewish calendar. So Purim isn't every year? No, it is. Oh. Well, then what is he saying? There's two Adars. So there's two Purims. In certain years. That sounds like an exciting time. When can I get on board for that? During Adar. Because then that's when the Ralphs will bring out the scary Purim clown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll be like, what is that all about? 
Uh, Dory was very right that Rosh Hashanah is a happy day, though a serious one. The Rosh Hashanah Seder in the Sephardic tradition is basically the apples dipped in honey that we basically all do, brought to even greater heights with Hebrew hints, dare I say puns, used to give a special message behind each dish consumed. Well, that was true. There were puns. There were puns. Yeah. and But it also seemed like a downer. Yeah. Matt, think of it like Bistromathics in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the seemingly mundane actions by the meal have lofty and complex effects to propel us to a good year ahead. Mordecai, thank you for appealing to my sci-fi side. <laughs> I definitely recommend you guys try for Simchat Torah, which just passed, or Purim for some serious joy. You know, Mordecai, I wanted to go to a Simchat Torah party, but it was too late and I was too tired. <laughs> <laughs> we are... We are real cool. The worst. Wishing you all a year of sweetness. Thank you very much, Mordecai. Is that to go with the honeys and apples? Yes. That's very nice. Yeah. Um, and Lauren just had a closing note, which is just wanted to give a shout out for not being able to watch the World Series without thinking of a much more personal strike zone. Ah, guys, the strike zone. <laughs> High and inside. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, she also says, P.S. Matt, I totally understand all the emotions of Bo growing old. I get all the feels thinking about our adopted, lovable mutt, Margot. Lauren is in Richardson, Texas, with two adults, one Margot, and our five-month-old science baby in a 1,385-square-foot, 1955 house with original floor-to-ceiling green-tiled bathroom intact. Wow. That's never going to come back into stuff. That is pretty cool. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the show. I can't believe it. Yeah, believe it, huh? Seems so fun. Yeah, it did. I've been sitting in this chair f- since 2 o'clock. Mm. We were DTF, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. We were. Forgot. Um, so I'm happy to be wrapping this up and uh, saying to you all, thank you so much. Uh, big ups to our Brooklyns. <laughs> um. This is the part of the show where we thank our Patreon supporters. And just another reminder, you can support us on Patreon, get up to two bonus episodes per month. Those episodes are supposed to be half an hour. They've been creeping up to the 45-minute mark. Yeah, it is what it is. We just got a lot to say. Um, It's patreon.com slash excellentadventure. And you also get your name read on the podcast every month if you support us at the $5 level or above. And also... You got the whole back catalog of the Patreon episode. So, you know, some people have been supporting us from the beginning. Thank you so much. Other people just, you know, they just came on the last week. They got the whole catalog. Mm, interesting. You know, what are you going to do? All right. Here we go. Are you going to read these names with me? I can't find it. Right now I'm reading our uh, last estimated home price that they could give us uh, for our mortgage broker and... In fact, I needed to pay off my student loan. Okay. Which I did. All right. Then I will read the names. Here we go, everybody. Those names are... I read all the ads, so I thought Dory would Diane the, uh, M. Martin. take the names. He never told me this. Carolyn Land, Frederick Roy, Greg Watchhorn, Jennifer H.S., Melody, Melody Baltazar, Tyler Rosewood, Karen Thickershe, Abba M., Alan L., Alec Meredith and Fletcher Bobble, Allison Dean, Amanda Lady, Amy, Amy Giles, Amy Sharon, Andrea McCarroll, Andy Cummings, Andy Pavlik, Angel Rivera III, Angie James, and Kay Lee, Anne Real. Uh, April Cherry. Ariana Perry. Arthur Finney. Ashley Cicely Lee. Oh, hey. She wrote in today. She sure did. Audrey Watson. Aurora and Zelda. Becca Foster. Ben, a PhD. Brett Jarrett. 
Brianna Taylor. Britt S. Baker. Brittany Bonanza. Bruno Macias. CJ. Carly Moore. Carolyn N. Janami Worth. What about Kathy Hill? I wanted you to say it. Oh. Chris Dybul. Christina Smith. Darlene Estramera. And Darren Deshaun. Thank you all so much. You're wonderful. I appreciate you in every way possible. And a big thank you to everybody who's still listening to our boring lives. You're the best. Bye. So long.